scored with AFI a bunch. We all became great friends and we got to do like giant amphitheaters with them and arenas with them. I mean, at one point by the, by the, by the last record we made on Epitaph, we got to do like Slipknot dates in like arenas and stuff. So it was crazy. This is back into your story. All right, all right, all right. How we doing, brother? Fantastic. Yes. Dude, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I was super stoked when you got back in touch with me. I walked in and it was instantly just so nice. Oh, here's some hot tea and and some soda water. I mean, I think it's important, you know, especially anyone willing to uh, drive all the way out here, especially for how far you came. Uh, I want to set it up as nice as possible, you know. Just so everyone knows, I drove here from Nova Scotia. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> took me a while, but I did it. You know, took him sixty-two days, but he we finally it. made it. Hey, holy you know. shit! There we go. So, uh, yeah, I like to, <laughs> I like to start the podcast normally off. Um, uh, why don't you do a brief introduction? My name's Ephraim. I. Uh, I'm the singer of the Voodoo Glow Skulls, uh, Death by Stereo, and Manic Hispanic. There we go. And a lot of other little projects here and there and things and stuff. And uh, yeah, I my life is music. I tour pretty much nonstop. I, when I'm not uh, playing with my bands, I tour with other artists. Yeah. So, you know. God, Here I am, man, dude. that's incredible. <laughs> no, it's like seriously incredible. I mean, be, being a kid, you know, growing up, playing music, mm-hmm. uh, and being able all these years later to to make your life around music is few and far between. It's pretty bonkers. And I can just <laughs> see, like, the way your face glows up, like, when you yeah. talk about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. And, you know, for, for you, where, where does that all start? Like, when did you even start playing music? Um, when I was in junior high, I met my friend Steven. And, uh, can you get a little bit closer to the microphone? When I was in junior high, I met my friend Steven. <laughs> you can swing it back. Yeah. Like, sorry, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in junior high, I met my friend Steven. And uh, his grandpa had instruments at his house. All right. So we'd go there and just tinker around with him. His, gra- his grandpa was amazing. Jose, he had this, uh, he was blind. This old blind man, but he played drums, keys, yeah. uh, bass, guitar. So we had everything there. So we would just tinker with it. And that was where it all kind of started for me. Wow, that's incredible, yeah. man. So yeah. wait, he was he was a blind musician. Yeah, and he would play at like old folks' homes with like an old folks' band. What the and heck? He's blind. Sometimes guitar, sometimes drums. I mean, it was Jose was a rad dude, and he dude. This guy was interesting because I I'm from a town called Fullerton. Yeah, in Orange County, California. Shut and uh, <laughs> and uh, dude, I remember being young when I first got my license. You'd be driving around. Jose was completely blind, but had the whole neighborhood memorized. And would just be walking to places like his little senior center no to, way. The, to get a sandwich, whatever. And I'd always pull over. Hey, Jose, it's Ephraim. Oh, hey, here, get in the car. And I would get out, help him into the car, and then just drive him to where he was going. Holy Dude, shit. Yeah, Jose had, so Jose had the the, uh, the the neighborhood memorized. Oh, my gosh. Totally independent. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was awesome that's a great memory dude oh my gosh from, from my youth you yeah. know like a hundred percent a hundred percent so he must have not <laughs> been born blind then no no he became yeah. blind over yeah. over time but uh interesting 
Yeah, very interesting. Anyways, that's so random, random tangent. No, 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 no. I absolutely love you know because I asked you like where like how, how music started, right? Yeah, and, and, and Jose so Cordero, this, dude. This individual, yeah. uh, was Jose a Cordero. huge part of your story. Massive part of my story. You know, massive. It's kind of trippy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. We just jam at his house, jam in his garage. Our first trying to make a band with getting other dudes to play with us. You know, really formative years, just yes. skating and playing music all the time. It was really cool you know those those moments in your life uh, like for me i look back at my own childhood like you know being 14 15 16 years old and just like skating no worries out you know when the oh, sun yeah. came up you know it just it, no no cell phone no internet nothing, nothing. like detached straight up latchkey kid so just like fucking a yes. great experience amazing and it's um you know it's obviously different from today right way different. Uh, 100% I, and I always talk about this, like on the podcast, like I, I feel fortunate and I'm sure you do too, that I, I grew up in a generation that it was like before the internet and then after the internet. Right. Yes. There's like something, um, I don't know. I don't want to say like romantic about it, but it's just like beautiful. Oh, dude. I, I've discussed this with people before. Like it used to be like, it took so much effort, you know, you'd skate super, super far. Yeah. Yo, can Joey come out? Joey's not here. Guess I'm not hanging out with Joey today. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, then, and and like you didn't, you just, it's weird. My friends that are all parents, yeah. they arrange like hangs for their kids at certain times at certain places. And I'm like, yo, we used to just get out and skate to the spot. Yes. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. We knew friends would be there. You Absolutely. had to hang, dude. You Absolutely. had to hang. And that's what it was all about. I mean, I do, it was so crazy. Cause like I, I like when I was like six years old, I was walking myself to school. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would walk a half a mile to school and back home every single day by myself at dude, six years old. So rad, dude. That's never good. No, that's, no that's, one does that. And you know what's crazy? No one does that. Is now, that man. I am sure if we can, can you look this up, Tyler? Statistically speaking, is 2022 safer than it was back in like compared to the 1980s? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to like what, 1989? Right, right. Okay. Like, you know, like, it's to, because, or, we're 2023, but whatever, 2022 doesn't matter <laughs> because it's like, you would figure that today, you know, like all the cameras, the oh, security, yeah. like all that shit. Okay. So it's saying that crimes are actually like relatively the same, but murders are skyrocketed. Wow. Because wow. I feel like there's a, another aspect of this. Okay. In, in the eighties, there was this weird blanket of safety because I feel like dad strength was more powerful yes. in the 80s so like you could be like driving in a car with your pop no seat belts sitting on his lap he's pulling on a bud light yeah. you know what i mean dude? And, like no one ever got an accident no one ever got, you know, like, you know, it was and he's smoking a cigarette you know you're right that was the 80s dude 80s 90s yes dude like I think dad strength was just more powerful. Yeah, it has to be for sure. And if it's not, it just sounds better. Get the yeah, fuck I mean, out of here, man. It was like, just different then. It was so different. I mean, dude, I mean, I, I remember my parents smoking cigarettes uh-huh. in the house mm-hmm. for as long as I could remember, right? Oh, yeah. And if you walk into a house now and someone's they're like, it's just not happening, right? Um, no, never. It's not, not around kids. No, uh, hell no. Remember, moms would just be, mom would just, my, in my case, yeah. my dad, my dad would just be like blowing smoke the other way. Like like that word. They'd be in the car, like windows I practically know, rolled up dude. the entire just way. A crack. Just like the tiniest crack to just like get it's that not little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so crazy. 
And it, cigarette smoke, I guess, didn't bother me or the smell didn't yeah. bother me when I was a kid. No. Now, I'm just like, Ugh. well, you know I get I mean? that. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think it's because <laughs> this was a time where everyone was smoking, right? And so it's like, I, Tyler, I don't even know if you know this, but you go back to like the 60s and 70s, they were smoking in hospitals. On fucking airplanes. Uh, yeah. On fucking airplanes. Hospitals. It's insane to even think that they would do that shit. <laughs> it's fucking bonkers, dude. Like, it, it's asinine. But, yeah, or the smoking section at the restaurant. Yes. Like, oh, it's, it, the, 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 the dividing line. Like, so if you're in the booth behind <laughs> the smoking booth, like, what? what? Dude, and we've come so far now that at Disneyland, you there is no smoking section. I know. There's not even one spot where you can smoke a cigarette. You know what? Uh I I've toured Europe for years. Yeah. And in a lot of places in Europe, it's totally cool to smoke. Oh fuck yeah. So dude, it was such a trip to like be from here, being a pretty for the most free part smoke free areas when we first started going to Europe and then going into like a French club. We were all like, yeah. Yeah. It was like so hard to scream halfway through because it was just a blanket of gray smoke. Like so you were like crazy. Like a fog machine was going yeah. all night or something. Yes. I was like, oh my god! We, like you'll be hanging out some parts of Europe and slaves pushing a carriage and like the baby smoking. <laughs> you had to be sold. I was like, hello. Yeah. Would you like a cigarette? A super sophisticated <laughs> European baby with like a little little mustache. Yes, just like a little dude. tiny mustache. Yes, just, just like oh, why do you not smoke? You know, and you're like what? But it, it's pretty wild, man. It it's is pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, dude, a lot of Asian cultures are the same way, man. It's it's heavy a, smoke, heavy, heavy smokers. You know, in man. America, we like our vapes. Mm-hmm. We like our vapes and our weed. You know, so we definitely do. Fuck it. Um, all right, so let's bring it back to your story, right? Eighties <laughs> <laughs> dad strength. Let's covered. go. Eighties dad strength. Let's Ooh. go. Um, so when you started playing music, right? So, yeah. Um, was it? Something that like instantly resonated towards you or 100%. I was always into music. Yeah. Super into listening to records. My brother was really into records. Uh, we would buy records at flea markets, at yeah. the store, whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like anything we could get our hands on. And, and it, I was super into music. I just didn't know that I could make it. Yeah. You know, yes. make music. And then punk, I think, was a good gateway into that for someone that couldn't play an instrument. Yep. So, you know, and uh, punk let us know like, oh, wow, anyone can do this. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh, it, 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 uh, yeah. And then it was just game on, dude. Let's go. Yeah. Was it cared about? Was it hard for you, like in the beginning to, you know, learn how to craft a song and put that together and right? I, I, I don't think it was hard for us, but it doesn't mean it was good. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? We just yes. made these songs. We're like, yeah, yes. blah, 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 blah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but over time, as I got older, I made it hard for myself. You know? Like, <laughs> analyzing and of all course. that. Of Time went by. But, man, I don't think we knew what we were doing. And then even when Death by Stereo started, we didn't know what we were doing. Like, wow. literally, like, one person would be like, hey, I have this part this riff i wrote and someone did, oh i have this part yeah. let's just smash them together there was no like is that in the right key you know we'd get it as close as we could yes. or like, you know what i mean like we didn't really know but yeah. we just did it yeah. and it worked yeah. you know but now you know it's 
writing a song is it's, it's a process. You but know, like <laughs> I think that's like as you get older, you just start to analyze and overanalyze and think and rethink, and it's just Dude. like, and when you're younger, there's like this just like a naive freedom, right? Totally. Go for it. A hundred percent. Right. It's just, it's just like, you know, I, I remember for me, like when I was younger, it was just like, I, I, I would do this job, this job, this, that, and the other thing. I work like all of these different things. Right. And, and as you get older, it's like your time is very precious to you. And it's just like you, it's sometimes like hard to like realize all the shit you did when you were younger. Absolutely. Like how the fuck did I have all oh. that energy? Dude, it's insane. Yeah. It's li- <laughs> dude, it's so insane. I mean, even the energy to like it's just so funny. I don't, you know, just as even getting in your car and driving 2 hours to see a show. Yeah. No problem. No fucking problem. Right, dude? Like no boom. problem. And now it's just like, "Oh, man." You <laughs> That's know? so true. I'll drive 2 hours to play one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's like it's like yeah, so yeah. different though. But Holy yeah, it, ah, that's such a crazy uh thought because I mean, I was going to shows every fucking weekend. Every totally. fucking Don't weekend. get me wrong. I still do go yeah. on ridiculous journeys to see stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what 100%. I mean? All the time. But not like when I was young, when yeah. it was just like there was nothing to do but yeah. go on that journey. Yeah. Every day, you know. But you 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 still have that childlike spirit about you. You're still a kid at heart. Dude, I uh yeah, do young until I die. That's right, yeah. brother. <laughs> bring it in, brother. Come on, bring it in. That's right. To the day you fucking leave this earth, man. Exactly. It's like, uh, why, why get old, man? Like, I, I right. mean, we all get old, but like, mm-hmm. why allow yourself mentally, you know, to get yeah. old? Like, try to stay as young and Absolutely. vibrant as possible. Dude, I, I talk to a lot of guys. I, everybody's taste is different and what they like and don't like. Everyone changes over time. But I talk to so many guys on the road. They're like, dude, fuck. Baby. And I'm like, sick. I'm in wherever town tomorrow. You know what? My favorite fucking Chinese spots in that town. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Like, I'm dope to get be somewhere different every day of the week yes you know yes. it's fucking sick you know it, 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 and even it's, if it's somewhere i've been a million times yeah i just got my favorite spots you know and, and it's but it's beautiful that you appreciate it so much yeah right because uh a lot of people take things for granted right exactly and and you know once you start doing that i think it's a, a slippery slope so it's like appreciate every single moment you can because totally. this life is a blink of an eye totally and i'm i i think i i'm just incredibly lucky to have been afforded the you know the opportunity to go to all these places and go multiple times yes you know what i mean it's stupid that like the next time we go to berlin this summer i know that when i get there where i'm gonna go get a cup of tea yeah i'm gonna go from there i'm gonna walk to my favorite record store yeah you know what i mean like yes yes and like fuck it's rad I get to do that again. Absolutely. Can't believe man. it. I love I'm it. too old to be able to do that. Ah, <laughs> come on, get the but fuck out of here. But I know what you said. I know what you said. Dude, it's bizarre. Yeah, you know? it is. It is. What do you think it is about you that you still have that uh, childlike spirit about you? I don't know. I think I just... I'm still passionate about music. Yeah. You know? Like, truly passionate about it and love it so much, whether it's... Working behind the scenes, which I do when yeah. I'm not playing with my bands, whether it's, you know, helping run a stage at a festival or working for an artist, tour managing, being on the road. It's cool to watch something from inception, go from inception to completion. Yeah. And it's rad to watch somebody do something they love, whether it's something I love or not. But it's rad to watch somebody do something they love and for a whole room of people to react. Yeah, It's fucking so rad, dude. And yeah. it's cool to be a part of that journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I, whether it's it could be some music that's fingernails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah. But it's just how cool to see somebody so stoked. 
Yes. You know? Yeah. And it's usually not fingernails on a chalkboard. I fucking like everything. You know? No, no, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. But it's that energy, man. Totally. It's that energy and that and that passion, right? That it's cool to witness. It is the passion from the artist and the energy from the crowd. Yeah. Right. It's it's magnetic. It's cool to see an artist be so hyped. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like all these years later, that I've been doing it for years, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's just like such a, a beautiful thing, like seeing these musicians that are in 10, 15, 20, 30, oh, 40, and they're just fucking still loving it, still touring, still appreciating everything that they have, right? And you see guys that are out there that still shred so yes. hard. Like a couple, like not saying anything about the younger generation because there's there's so many amazing new bands. Yeah. I, I think music is in a great place. Yeah. But uh, there's some cats out there on the road, man. I see them I'm like, dude, these dudes are playing circles around these kids half their age. <sighs> I'm like, dude, there's some guys out there that are still just, you know what I mean? Like I see, yeah. I, I equate like a lot of drummers to athletes, yes. special athletes, oh my runners, gosh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. Drummers have to be in shape. They have to, dude. It's so, especially drummers playing fast, hard extreme shit. music. Yeah, yeah, it's hard music. Dude, so it, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, how often do you see, uh, you know, like a punk rock, hardcore uh, type drummer that's fat? Right. Not like, often, you know. It's not overweight. often. Like, no, there's a couple human anomalies out there. Of that course, are, where you're like that. Uh, of dude course. is so surreal. Yes. I've seen a couple dudes where it's like their body is designed that can only do one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So weird, but yeah, there's there's some drummers out there, man. It's like whew. it's just magic, dude. Yeah, it's just fucking magic. That's so cool. It's wild, man. All right, so well, let's get back to uh, back to your story, right? So started playing music with your friends. Yeah. Um, Death by Stereo eventually. De- yep. How did everything lead up to that point? To Death by Stereo? Yeah. Because um, this was what? 98. Yeah, 98. 97 is when we were, I think, first kind of fucking around. And then 98 was when I was like, all right, I'm the singer now. And then we made a demo. Shit. But uh, uh, it was just a group of our friends from different bands that were all just jamming. Yeah. And I kept just going over and hanging out. and uh, And we were all from different bands that play together at parties and stuff. And then I remember just being like, Hey, can I try and sing? Can I try and sing? This is cool. You guys are so good. And they kind of weren't feeling it. And then eventually I was just always hanging out. I think they eventually, they just kind of caved in. Yeah. I let them try, you know, and they, they gave me some lyrics and I recorded the song on a tape recorder and, uh, with a cassette. (laughs) And then Went home, listened to it a bunch of times, and then wrote my own lyrics, thinking like, "Oh, they're gonna be pissed," you know. I, I changed it, but they were they were hyped. No way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that was it. And then we uh, we wrote like five songs and made a demo tape, and we were yeah, we were officially a band in '98. Holy shit, crazy. And so I mean, like every band, right? You start off with a fan, right? You're yeah. Playing at these whatever shows right totally parties shows wherever we could wherever you could that that hunger that thirst totally how long did it take from when you guys started right until you started seeing some steam pick up it's pretty fast like we couldn't believe it we uh we were really diligent and played like like i said we were playing anywhere we could yeah and uh like there was a club in anaheim that became chain reaction it was called public storage the short short lived short lived venue and uh, I remember we played there every weekend for a month. Like, we'll play any show. Like, just let us play any show. So they were like, all right. And then, like, we started playing that venue all the time. And people would be like, dude, you guys are like the house band. You know, but we'd play with any band. You just yeah. it, Somebody cancels. We'll show up. We'll play 20 minutes before doors. We don't care, you know? Yes. We played a lot of backyard parties, stuff like that. But then uh, people started coming to see us at parties. And 
when we'd open shows and then uh Dave at Indecision Records, uh hardcore label, yeah, was coming to see us too and uh we were playing with bands that were on his label, we were starting to open more shows and then he was just really cool and gave us a shot and put out our first LP in 1999 and we started touring. Holy shit. Like DIY touring and then uh by 2000 we were on Epitaph. It was crazy. We couldn't ah, believe. Yeah, people just yeah. started it started multiplying and we out of Dave's label that was out of his house. Yeah. Like all of a sudden we were like, "Holy shit. We sold a bunch of these records." What? You know, like how did that happen? Wow. And it just started steamrolling and we were just getting tour after tour. I remember at that point like we couldn't believe the bands we were playing with. Like, yeah. how did this happen? Seven seconds, Snapcase, yes. AFI, you know? Yes. Like, it was wild, man. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. No. Someone just reminded me of that uh, last night. Of the, We did a tour. It was us, Union 13, and Seven Seconds, you Jesus. know, early tour. And so it, we just kept getting lucky. And then all these great bands were just so cool to us, yeah. you know? And it just kept steamrolling from there. And next thing you know, we're touring all over the fucking planet, you know? That's, that's so incredible. Looking back, like what were some of those first tour experiences like, right? Because like, especially when you start touring, right? You're, 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 you're a small band, probably in a van, right? Yeah, You know, just total like DIY type. 100%. When you look back at those, those times, like what, what do you think of? Um, I think of, we of nobody caring about anything like we were you know what i mean it was just all we cared about was those shows dude and yeah. like the experience and like it was like we would go to play those shows and it was just like everything would disappear like everything at home everything it was just so rad to be in that moment man and uh those first shows you know getting to play with all these cool bands and the first like packed shows we played and stuff we it was pretty surreal yeah. like you know maybe shows in hindsight that may not have been as big as I remember them being, you For know, sure, little tiny course. places, but yeah. they're so slammed. Like, dude, it, to me, it was like, it, holy shit, this is it, you yeah. know? Uh, so uh, it was pretty surreal getting into that kind of era of our band and then watching it just get kind of bigger and bigger with each record and getting to be, getting to tour internationally. That, yeah. that we definitely, I definitely didn't know I had no idea that that band was going to do that. You know, that's, that's yeah, that, that, that's gotta be such a surreal experience. Right. Dude. You know, because like so many kids dream of it, right. Yeah. So many kids dream of it, but very few get to live it. Yeah. We got to be on epitaph records. That's what I like to fucking like, it's like the goddamn Catalina wine mixer, bro. It is, fucking dude, it get the fucking fuck. cool, man, dude, dude, seriously, dude. Like, uh, 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 I was super, like everybody else, super in Epitaph Records, super yes. in all the bands. Bad Religion freak, dude, you know? Yes. And then we get approached by the label, which is totally surreal. Brett Gerwitz called our bass player Paul Miner's mom's house yeah. and uh, left a message. We thought it was a joke. Like, he called a few times, and then his assistant called, and then Paul was like, yo, I think it's real. No. Yeah, it was like that, because we were like, "Why? no way. Epitaph mm. Records would never have heard of our band ever our tiny band you yeah. know and uh it was real man and next thing you know we're recording and hanging out in the crazy epitaph office with brett Gerwitz, you know Dude. and yeah and playing tons of shows with bad religion 
And uh, it, it was totally surreal. Totally surreal to be a part of that legacy. Yeah, of course. Fuck, man. I'm very grateful yeah. for that period of time in my life. Like, so grateful, man. Like, what an experience. Do you remember the Do you remember the moment when um, you actually met with Epitaph and then you, you know to sign that? And Brett Brett came to see us at the Key Club. Okay. Uh, in L.A. For anyone listening, it's a now defunct yeah club. It's crazy. Originally, uh, Prince's Glam Slam. I think, okay. And Gazari's before that. But uh, I remember uh, the Key Club. I don't remember yeah, the other two. The previous. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was. Ignite headlining, straight face, main support, and us opening. All right. And we did one show in Corona at the Showcase Theater and then one show in LA. The Corona show was slammed and we were, it was overwhelming. We're like, wow, you know, this is, can't wait to play LA because we knew he was coming. We're yeah. like, fuck, this show's going to go off. Tanked. And we, we yeah, we probably paid, played to like 10, 15 people, who knows? And uh, in this big place, and we're like, fuck it. We all just drank some beers and fucking just played our asses off. And he sat in the balcony with his chick and watched the whole show. And then afterwards came down, we were packing up and we were just like, whatever he saw us, yeah. like, who knows, you know, like, yeah. uh. and then he came down, got on the stage. Cause there wasn't that many people in there. <laughs> and while we're breaking down our gear and straight faces setting up, he's just like, so what's up guys. And we're like, Oh, uh, hey. and we talked to him on the stage. Cause there was literally no one in, oh. on the dance floor. Everyone had scattered in between bands. And he, and he just, we briefly talked while we were packing up our gear. And then he's like, do you guys be into making a record? Do you want to make a record on Epitaph? And we were no. like, oh, yes. And I was like, <laughs> yes, that's all I've ever wanted to do. And he was like, all right, well, uh, give me a call on Monday. We'll work it out, man. It was literally like that. It was fucking surreal, dude. That guy. Dude. That guy's a really that guy. Dude, I. How must that feel to be like him that just can walk in and just give this these dudes like yes. this cool gift? You know what I mean? Like, here you go. I mean, how old were you? Like 21, yeah. 22? Had to be around 21, 22. I can't remember. I'm 48 now. Yeah. yeah. But uh uh yeah, and he just gave us this surreal gift, man, and and changed our lives. A hundred percent. I remember when we were he left. He just like left and we we're all sitting there and our drummer said the funniest thing. Our drummer at the time, Tim, the best dude ever. He was like, Wow, did our band literally just get signed on the Sunset Strip? Ah! <laughs> yeah, you know? And we we're all, yeah. And he's like, dude, that shit really happens. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Dude. It really happened. We got signed on Sunset in Hollywood. Like it really happened. And, and it's like, because like, no, you like, no one was there. 10, 15 <laughs> people there. And imagine if you guys would have allowed that to get to your head, didn't give it totally. your fucking all. Phoned it in. A hundred percent. Boo hoo, right. right? But yeah. We're guys, used to playing the backyard party for nobody. Sometimes for a lot of people, sometimes for nobody. Yes, we didn't care. Yes. We were used to just playing for ourselves, anyways. It's just, it's so crazy, like how, how punk rock. one, literally punk rock, but like how one moment could go two different ways right totally if you guys would have allowed that to get to your head did a terrible job boohoo probably wouldn't be having this conversation totally right? totally but we wouldn't be having this conversation at all dude. that's what i'm fucking it's saying so crazy right? right and so but you guys do the complete opposite and then the door opens yeah it's crazy huh right do you remember the 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 night that you guys actually signed i'm trying to or remember like that experience because i get that's just like, dude, fucking We Epitaph? each individually signed our own book. It was like a con contract. It was like a fucking book, dude. Yeah. And I remember we each individually signed our own. And I think, I forget how it went down. I think who printed them out. 
maybe Paul printed them out. I don't remember, but it was like a book or they gave them to us or something. And then we sat with our attorney at the time who was Joe Escalante of the Vandals, the bass player. Yeah. And he helped us go through the contracts and we went back and forth to get them where they needed to be. And then, yeah, I think we signed them with Joe. Now, if I remember correctly, maybe we did it at Joe's office. Dude. I don't know. I I have to ask the guys if they remember. Dude. (laughs) Do you still have the contract? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I have everything. Like, that's so cool. I have everything. That's so fucking cool. Everything, everything that I could keep, I did. Wow. Yeah. So you guys sign it, and then what happens? Then we went on tour with Snapcase and Boy Sits Fire. Shit. Yeah. We did North America with them, then came home from that and started making the record. All right. And uh, it was the first time we went on tour where, like, this label was supporting us. Yes. So, like, every town we got to, there was, like, posters everywhere and on tour now. And this yeah. is like, what? You know, we're in zines. Like, yes. On tour, tour dates. Like, we couldn't believe it. We're like, whoa. Yeah. This is crazy. And it, yeah. it, we really started kind of making waves. Wow. And we could feel it. And then we made that record. And it just, man, we fucking went everywhere. It was cool, dude. Dude, so yeah. dude, that that record, right? What is that process like? Like when you guys are, are going to make a record, like who who writes what? Does like one person write it all, or do you guys just start jamming together? We, we did it the same way we did our first record. Everybody just had ideas, and we came together, and everybody would just like, here I have this verse part. Well, I have this chorus part that might work for that, or some. We just would think of stuff jamming, dude. It yeah. was it was cool, and like everybody's heads were in really different places. Our drummer would have some wacky idea for just a beat. All right, we'll just write a part that goes over this weird beat. Yeah. You know, sometimes the idea for a whole part of a song would revolve around drum parts often. Okay. It just, we, I don't think we knew how you were supposed to do it. Yeah. You know I, what I mean, I mean yeah. but is there even a right or wrong way? Like, no, there's no, not. Everybody right? has their own process. Of course. And, you know, I think now we we're much more like focused on like we're writing a song, you know, yes. but. It, it yeah, it just came together like that, and uh, with the advance we got, we bought equipment because our bass player was uh, interning, trying to learn how to record. Yeah, so we bought early, early home recording equipment that became obsolete really fast. But <laughs> some stuff for his home, and then we would do drums at like the studio he was interning at, and and uh, like late at night, yeah. you know, middle of the night, and then uh, he mixed the record. We it, the epitaph kind of just let us do our own thing. We gave him one song as a demo, and uh, Brett was just like, "Oh, I dig this, and I like this direction." And then we uh, we would just send them like roughs of stuff here and there, and they they were just cool. They're like, "Do your thing," and then we mixed it. And I remember Brett being like, "If this is your vision, I'll totally put it out." He was just so rad about. Wow. Letting artists be artists and, yeah. and respecting your art, but he was like, "But here's my suggestions," and so we took his advice on like mixed stuff and like, yeah. "Right, fuck a record, let's do, let's do whatever he says." Yes, you know, and 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 it ended up being an even better record than it would have been, and uh, yeah, it's just a trippy process, man. And then with time, he was actually way more involved with the record after that, and uh, that was really eye opening. That guy's a fucking genius, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Good fucking genius, dude. Fucking legend. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, down to the dude. Let's move this mic over like a quarter of an inch on this kick drum, dude. It's gonna make a world of difference. You know, like and little things. He, that guy is a genius, dude. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's that's so beautiful. Yeah, and, and you know, I th- I, this is like a story that I hear all the time. Is like record labels will get in and they try to like control the creative process, right? Yeah. So to hear, you know, 
Epitaph kind of allowing you to be you guys. Dude, yeah. And then giving you guys some, like, you know, guidance, right? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, that's, that's the way that it should be done. Absolutely. They really let us express our ideas. And the yeah. band, we did three records at Epitaph. And from the first one to the last one, the band changed considerably. And they were just really cool with embracing our ideas and yeah. cur- encouraging it. Yes. Which is highly unusual it's i mean it's such it's a beautiful thing right it's an artist label man. i i wish you know? that more labels were like that i think oh, yeah, we'd get absolutely. a lot better music right um do you remember your first big tour our first big tour like big big yeah i mean we did uh we, when bad religion came out with process of belief we did a bunch of those shows and that was like really big for us we were Damn. like holy shit yeah. like that was it was cool. I remember playing like basketball gymnasiums at colleges and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like UC Santa Barbara or whatever. This yeah. big basketball gym. And it, I mean, big shows, man. And I mean, AFI, I mean, through different eras of our band, we toured with AFI a bunch. We all became great friends and uh, we got to do like giant amphitheaters with them and arenas with them i mean at one point by the by the by the last record we had made on epitaph we got to do like slipknot dates and like arenas and stuff so it was crazy what is that like like that what is that fucking experience like like walking out on stage and just seeing a sea of people it's fucking surreal It, it it it's it's it can go both ways like a lot of people hate it i love it i think it's fucking yeah. rad playing a giant stage to a fucking bazillion people uh you can be in a big room and there's a lot of people in there but there are i mean enough people that it's like a giant show but they're all in the back because the place is so big yes you know what i mean so it can go a couple different ways yeah but it's still pretty rad to play on a big stage and honestly it's so rad to hear your band that loud dude <gasps> kick drum Fuck. boom in this giant place and uh we got to play to some packed ones man and and it was fucking pretty cool yeah but also like we will rock i was saying this the other day we'll rock the fuck out of like a squat somewhere dude. yes fucking get down yes fuck shit up dude you know what i mean like, absolutely and and and, it, and a lot of people i think don't realize it's like that for every band whether you're sick of it all or who you are in some places your band's playing a little tiny hole in the wall yeah. in some places you're playing a giant festival you know it's yeah. It's different everywhere. So it, but I love it all, man. And, and through different, through different years and decades, right? It, it's like an ebb and flames. Like oh yeah. There's small years for hardcore and punk. Yeah. There's bigger years that goes through cycles, man. You know 100%. I mean? Dude, uh-huh. we've, we've played with Pennywise in, in giant places and smaller places yeah. and giant places again. You know, it, you know, it's never been that small for them, but you yeah, know what I mean? I know like, what you're saying. I agree punk saying. was bigger at one point, got <clears throat> smaller, got big again, you know, yeah. it's crazy. It seems like in the last few years, I mean, in the couple of years leading, even leading up to the pandemic, it uh, punk is dude really strong, bro. I mean, like love or hate MGK, but when he came out with that album, punk dude got a lot more bro, right? A hundred percent, right? Yeah, you know, and you know, for for me, like you know, growing up on your music or anywhere from like your music to Blink, No Effects, Rise Against, you know, all these yeah. different you know types of like 
And then to see, you know, the younger generation kind of like getting sucked back into it and seeing all these other bands starting to create, you know, punk rock again, like where like hip hop has been like the dominant force for quite some time. Right. Which I absolutely love hip hop as well. Should be the Um, dominant force. Absolutely. (laughs) I get it. Um, But it's really cool to see, you know, it's just every ebb and flow. Right. It's dope. Ebb and flow. It's dope. It is. It is. And dude, hip hop. I've said it before in so many fucking ways. It's fucking way more punk rock than punk rock. Oh, for sure. I get what you're saying. <laughs> way more DIY. Uh-huh. Way more hustle. Way, a thousand times more hustle, dude. Yeah. Like the DIY ethic is strong in hip hop, yeah. dude. It's yeah. I mean, it's fucking dope. It is. But I think punk rock and hip hop have a lot of uh, similarities in that, right? Absolutely. You know? I Like even back in like the CD days. Yeah. Like bands made a lot of money selling CDs. Yeah. And so did hip hop artists, but like new bands that were coming up, you would see like the Paul Walls of the world selling CDs out of the trunk of their car. Yes, yes. And, and killing it. Crushing and, it. And and a punk band that maybe wouldn't be willing to work as hard. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But then again, it's hard to sit in a parking lot blaring a fucking punk rock CD it's and trying different. to sell it. Yeah, it's, it's different. different. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's but stuff. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. So you guys, uh, you guys are rocking with Epitaph, right? Yeah. Um, you guys make three albums. When you look back at those those three albums, yeah. which one are you most proud of? I think I'm the most proud of the last one we made with them because I feel like we really pushed ourselves to the limit in so many directions. Like how melodic can we be? How heavy can we be? How fast can we be? How slow and groovy can we be? You know, yeah. uh, and and uh, we were always melodic and heavy punk and hardcore and metal thrashy kind of a mix but on the last epitaph record we made death for life we really pushed it and tried to just get as heavy as we fucking could and just really like set out to make the darkest heavy record we could and dude dan wrote some of the most crushing fucking riffs like i had ever heard at that time you know and and still and i i and i just fuck we were just so locked into that vibe at the same time, all of us, we were just locked. Our brains were locked in and it just really flowed. And I'm really proud of that record, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of all the records we made, I'd say that our second epitaph record in the Valley of death was probably the most popular in the U S Yeah. but our last record death for life internationally was the most popular. And that's where we, when that record came out, that opened the doors for us to start going to South and Central America Yeah, and, and doing a lot more deep touring in Europe, going way into like Eastern Europe and and saw us really exploring and discovering new places and meeting new people and learning about new music and culture and yeah. it what an incredible time. That record was a trip for us. You know? What is that like, man? Like putting out an album, right? And there's like something like, okay, your your album's doing well in the US, mm-hmm. right? But then to be able to open up the doors and you're you know it's a south america like all that's just got to be so strange and and super fucking awesome at the same time super strange i mean like we were still doing crazy shit in the u.s but dude the record before it was just a bigger record and we talked to people about it and they'd be like oh blah 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 and i'd be like no you have no idea i'm all we're literally we just came back from the dominican republic where i was on a cooking show jeez you know what i mean like dude it, it was it got crazy for us i mean it was felt like it was just eddie voodoo from voodoo glows girls quotes it he's like he says about voodoo because they had this gigantic moment he goes it felt like it was just like a season 
You know what I mean? Wow. And so for like a season, we were really popular yeah. in all these trippy places. And uh, we would tell people like, no, like, check this out. Like, yeah. We just played a giant rock festival in Col- Bogota, Colombia. You know what I mean? Like, oh. like just trippy shit. So and they're it, singing back your words. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, we were just in the Czech Republic with suicidal tendencies. Fuck. You, you know what I mean? Come so, on, yeah, dude. dude like, it was fucking crazy. Like, yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, it, what an experience, man. Yeah. Like, mind blowing, dude. So, that, that whole epitaph era was very unique. And I just feel like we were, dude, we were just fucking lucky, man. Yeah. And we got to record at cool, all the cool studios over, you know, Sound City, yeah. you know, NRG. We got to have these legendary studios and these crazy rooms to get, like, back in the old days before everybody had all the drum sounds they needed. Yeah. The reverbs and the room sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go to this epic room from our favorite records and spend the budget on that room so we can get like a rad drum sound. Yeah. You know, and and back in those days, oh, it'd be cool if there was this pinging sound. You know, you could just find a sound on Pro Tools now, you yeah. know, the plugin. But like, all right, well, let's mic up this fucking trash can. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We would we had time. We were in a studio experimenting with things and putting yep. things together and it it, it was it, we were lucky to still be a part of that and we got to record a lot of shit on tape yep. two inch tape dude dude Fucking, dude what the fuck right two inch tape that's... so we're really lucky dude how would you guys even edit that how do you edit we that? used to cut tape dude they would cut tape to edit parts together you had to play shit right Damn. that's how we edited it you know what i mean or you would like hey man we're out of tracks all right well fucking i uh, have to do the vocal over you had to fucking practice and you no. just had to do it. Or you're like, dude, I remember our first record doing shit, the cheap sessions we could get in the middle of the night yeah. at the studio Paul was interning at. Well, dude, we have six hours. All right. We got to finish all the vocals on these last four songs. Wow. And so a lot of those, mo- there's a lot of moments on there that were one takes where like in my mind at the time, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, voice sound a little squeaky right there. Or it's a little pitchy. Uh, and then now when I, I look back at it, I'm like, oh man, that's cool. It's the realist. It's it's that's, honest. It's not me being able to nitpick everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and and with now with technology, right? They can tweak the vocals. They can you can do all the takes, right? You can do everything, right? But like, there's just something so raw and punk rock about how it was done back then. I miss it, right? Like, and then from there, right? You 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 have it on the tape. So then, what's the next process? How do they start making all the yeah? Like, that's crazy to me. And also, going into the recording process, I'm not every band. A lot of bands still do things the old-fashioned way, but we'd go in incredibly prepared. We'd be practicing five days a week. No no one would miss it. Five days a fucking week. Bang, 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 bang. We'd come home. We tour the whole year, like eight months. Come home for like four months, write a record, practice every day of the fucking week, dude. Sometimes even on the weekends, and we'd walk in there just fucking ready, and the band would play all in a room. We'd put the cab, the guitar cabinets in different rooms, like you know, and everybody'd be playing together. Sometimes uh, the tempos would speed up, sometimes they'd slow down, but it felt real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was cool, and it was a. We were trying to capture the band's live sound. It wasn't, and there's nothing against this because we do it. It wasn't like somebody writing a song and sending it to you, and you sending your vocals back. You know what I mean? We, were, yeah. we 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 worked so hard to get that song to that point. Now, how do we capture, get these tones? Like I've worked on my guitar tone for so long. How do I 
how do I capture it with this microphone in, in this room? Yeah. You know what I mean? The room sound was a lot too. We mic the room, you know? So uh, it, I really miss that. And we've actually had conversations about trying to do stuff that's a little more live, you know, maybe like, maybe we need to lose the click. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know what, like one, one thing that I, I, I hate is like, you'll hear, you'll hear a record, right? And it sounds really good. And then you go to see the artist live and they sound like shit. Totally. Right? Or maybe their record is, it's okay, but then you see them live and they're fucking dope. Because, you, no, for sure. Well, kids, after you record your record nowadays, you got to learn it. Yeah. Everybody's recording on their own. No one's ever played it together in the same room. And that's just the way it is. Some bands live in different places, and some of those bands write the best music ever. So it, it it works for some people. It doesn't for others. We do both. Yeah. You know, we can get in a room and knock something out. Sometimes one of the guys will just send one of us a song, and you're like, holy fuck, bro. Like, yeah. whoa. You know, so it, it, it works both ways for us. But, dude, yeah, I, I'm definitely yearning to do something new that's a little more organic and yeah that'd be such harder. a that'd be fucking cool dude yeah that'd be cool dude, like you think you'd record back on tape again i mean it's so fucking astronomically expensive dude, uh, you know, I, uh, probably on pro tools but you know <laughs> but uh still you know i think we'll do something creative we got we'll figure out what our direction is you know i like every Absolutely. record to be its own journey yeah to be a different that complete record just a you know. different feeling vibe right have mm-hmm. it you know so it stands alone um I hope they all stand alone at least. Definitely, man. Would for for bands that, you know, spend so much time together touring, recording, all yeah. these things, like that it's there's like this this same old song and dance, right? Bands been together for a while, they break up, right? Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Very few it's very few stick it, you know, make the long distance, right? Right. How going through that experience for, for yourself, right? Like, yeah. w- what is that like? And, and you know, when you work so hard at something and then the cracks start happening. Oh, dude, it's rough. You know what I mean? And and especially with Death by Stereo, man, we've been through so many changes and ups yeah. and downs. And uh, myself and Dan have always just, dude, it's just, it's just our baby, dude. And we just at all costs kept it going. Yeah. I mean, at the smallest it ever was to the biggest it ever was and back to the smallest again, you know? Yeah. And, and dude, we just, I don't know. We just love the music so much and the cracks started happening and there was definitely dark times and low times, but I think we just love the music so much. We never, we never let it stop us. And what those cracks did do though was, force us to find other avenues and other opportunities and, and other interests too. Yeah. So, you know, and, and when you're young, you fault someone for leaving your band, you know, and then later you're like, dude, that guy just fell in love with something else. You know yeah. what I mean? It's natural. And, uh, so we, it kind of pushed us in a lot of different directions, but, uh, and for some time, like, like right now we're just getting back to it. We've been quiet for a long time, Yeah. you know, because everyone's in so much project, so many projects are working on different careers, but, uh, if anything, the cracks, I think, sent us in a lot of other more creative directions. And I think the time allows us to come back to it and approach it with kind of a different, fresher perspective. Yeah. Know? I what, hope. <laughs> what, what, what is it about death that means so much to you? Is it because it's the first? It's my baby, dude, you know? And, like, I'm so lucky to be in all the bands I'm in and all that. But, dude, like... 
death is ours. You know, we thought of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, from the inception and, uh, it's my thoughts in things from my heart and my ideas and my opinions yeah. and my full, complete, total 100% expression. And not like I don't get to express myself with the other bands, but it's your IP. It's your baby. Totally. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, uh, I just been there since day one and I love playing the music, you know, like I, Voodoo Glow Skulls is the, is so phenomenally awesome yeah. <laughs> to be a part of. And I get to go do shit with Voodoo that's so crazy, dude. It's so big. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll go play a tiny hardcore show with Death by Stereo and it feels so good, dude. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, I, yes. We have our first shows in a long time coming up and I'm so excited, dude. You I know? love that, so, man. Fuck. When was the last time you guys played? Uh, our last show was Psycho Fest two years ago, right when we could come out of the pandemic and play a show. Yeah. And then we played a year before that. We did a live stream. And uh, so, I mean, I guess two years. Our first show in two years. We're going to play our first local show to home in three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. You nervous? Yeah, man. Yeah. We rehearsed the other day and it was like, oh, fuck. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, dude. Whoa. Is know, that, that's crazy though, right? Because like the, this has been a part of your life forever, right? For my whole life, your, your whole life, half my life, dude. You know. But to hear you say, "Yeah, I'm nervous," right? Like, yeah, that means that you love it. That you, it, it, it. I feel like a lot of times when you know, like bands, comedians, whoever, right? Yeah. They're like you ask them, like, "Are you nervous before you go on stage? Are you get excited?" Right? It's one or two answers: yes or no, right? Totally. And if it's no well uh that's uh, like i always, always get it, nervous always and sometimes even not like in a bad way no like this nervous excited it's exciting it's energy it, yeah and then you just get up there and it's just fuck you become alive oh, oh dude yeah try beast you yes know, beast, beast mode yes you know, yes yes so yes bad, dude i love that and, and it's a different vibes with the different bands i'm in and with voodoo it's a totally different vibe but it it's wild as fuck and i get to be this yeah. other person yeah you know it's cool and that's what i think is unique that in each band i'm in i get to be a different character yeah you know that's so it's so cool fucking wild that's it's so bizarre cool. you know like what you know <sighs> i'm this guy now fuck yeah rad yeah you know? yeah yeah yeah, 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 like, yeah. Let's yeah. Go, tour beast let's absolutely. go absolutely how did um voodoo how did that even come about i was uh i used to i my old house i used to live in in hollywood east hollywood Lovely East Hollywood. <laughs> Whoa. Over by the Home Depot and the uh, 101 and Sunset. All right. And uh, a little, it's a little spicy around that neighborhood, you know? I like spicy. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you know? And yeah. uh, uh, I was living there, and one night we were all hanging out. We had this fire pit, and Crazy Tom and Monty from the band DFL came over, and we were all just hanging out, having fire pit night, you know, yeah. talking about records or whatever, you know, having fun. And then they both said to me, hey, did you hear Frank quit the Voodoo Glow Skulls? And I remember being like, oh, no, man. And I'm like, that fucking sucks. You know? Yeah. What a bummer. Like, what's going to happen to them? And they're like, we don't know. And uh, I remember saying to them, when we got on Epitaph, Voodoo was one of the first bands we met. And they were so cool to us. Offered us a little advice. Different things. And just nice guys. And, like, we were friends, but kind of more, like, acquaintances. But every time we'd see them at an event or something, they were, like, the coolest dudes to us. Oh, yeah. hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? You know what I mean? Like, how's it going for you guys? This and that. Because they were big time yes. on the label. And uh, I, they kept telling me, like, dude, you should hit up Eddie. 
you should hit up George. Like, hit up one of the guys, dude. That they're like, dude, you're the perfect guy for that gig. You know? And I'm all, are they going to keep doing it? They're like, we don't know. Wow. So I reached out to Eddie. Was it Eddie? Or, I think I reached out to Eddie first on Facebook and wrote him and honestly changed my mind and just said, you know what, man? I heard about the band. I hope you guys are okay. And if you get it back together, keep Death by Stereo in mind. Why haven't we ever played yeah. shows together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be cool. And he wrote me back, hey, what's up? And then we started going back and forth and it turned into, you know, man, your name actually came up in conversation. They go, we don't know if we're going to stay a band, but we have this tour booked in Canada. And we'd like to fulfill it. So I uh, I said, well, we talked. Maybe I could try out, you know? Yeah. So I just practiced their set a bunch by myself, you know, wrote all the lyrics out, typed them out on the advice of Tony Adolescent. He's a teacher. He's like, Ephraim, if you want to remember those lyrics, <laughs> write them all out by hand. So I did that. And Smart. Uh, yeah, good, Smart. great advice. Yes. And then I went and tried out with my lyric book and uh, uh, I filled in for the tour. And then after the tour, they said they wanted to keep going. Holy shit. And I, they just kept me. <laughs> you know like fuck i'm lucky <laughs> you know dude i can't I, dude dan dude from death by stereo who yeah. also plays in zebrahead said yeah. to me hey man he's all we're old he goes dude we, he got in zebrahead which is another ginormous band yeah. you know and he's like we're not supposed to be doing this at this age he's like this is bizarre how lucky we are to be able to both be in these like new bands to us yes and keep getting to do this yeah what the we were both like wow yeah i'm like wow we are both what the fuck dude yeah yeah you know and and my first show with voodoo i had like two or three weeks to to get it down and was this fest the it's not dead fest in san bernardino was my first show with them six years ago and dude, it was like ten thousand people jesus yeah Christ. i was fucking nervous as dude. fuck yeah. oh my dude it was dude fucking right and in san bernardino they're from riverside it's yes. their hometown it was fucking so insane but as nerve-wracking as it was it was also so overwhelmingly cool fucking cool i was like oh my god this whole sea of people is they are all singing along to these insane songs yeah you know, I'm like, holy shit. So it was pretty mind-blowing, man. And then it was just this wild ride. We went to Canada. We did the tour. And it was just a wild ride, man. Because the whole time, they were like, we played that giant show. They're like, this might be the last time we play a show this big. Oh, my God. You know? Like, oh they didn't know. God. Yeah. And I thought I was going to get all this hate. Dude, I was instantly embraced. Some of it has to do with the fact is the previous singer wore a mask. Yeah. For part of the set. So I wear my own mask. But... uh the idea being they they told me when we before we went on tour they're like don't let them hate you before they hear you and i would take it off midway through and i dude i'd see people like what the fuck you know or because they had they didn't know at that point yeah a lot of people didn't know that they had gotten a new singer and i just went on the tour and so like some people i could tell were tripping out like oh, what's a different guy yeah some Whoa. people knew some people didn't yeah Whoa. don't let them hate you till they till they hear you that was their advice dude greatest advice ever wow and and uh so it's kind of cool man yeah. you know yeah and i i just and i've told this story before but uh not to sound like a broken record anybody out there yeah. but but the most hate i got was in albuquerque new mexico we were at a club called the launch pad and i'm standing on the stage and if i'd look to stage left there was a girl in the crowd with her arms crossed and every time i'd look at her she'd look at me and be like Mm-mm. like shake her head like nope and I was like, what? And she just kind of gave me that the whole time, but clearly into the band, fan of the band in the front the whole time. Yeah. After the show, 
she was talking to some of the guys or signing a poster or saying hi or greeting her, whatever. She was wishing them well and uh, something. And I walked up and I was like, hey. And she looked at me and she's like, I don't know about you. And I was, yeah. And I said, come on. And come on. And she Uh goes, look, I've just been a fan of the band for a long time. And I go, I get it. I go, how old are you? And she told me and I go, well, I'm however old I was, 40, blah, blah, blah. I'm 48 now. So whatever I was. And, and I go, I'm a little bit older than you. And I go, I've been a fan of them longer. Wow. You know, I go, I've been into them since I was pretty young. And I go, there's no difference. And she was like, whoa, it made her look at it different. She's like, I get it. And I go, yeah. I, I get to do this. Yeah. This is dope. And she yes. was like, oh, that's cool. And then she was super cool. We had a super rad talk. It was cool. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, the thing about it, right? Perspective, right? Imagine if you didn't come on, right? And they did break up. There'd be yeah. no voodoo. It's so weird, right? So would you, if that girl was standing right here, would she rather there be voodoo or no, or no voodoo? voodoo? Thank you. I'd never thought about it right? that way. Holy shit. That's right. Come on. And her and one guy. We played Alex's bar in Long Beach once, and there was just this one guy. It's kind of funny. He was in the pit the whole time, just kept flipping me off all night. Walking to the front, looked really angry. Fuck you, fuck you. And like to the point where we were like so confused by it almost. And then it was really aggressive, and he was like the total shitty bro guy pushing people around yeah. in the pit, being mean. After the show, I saw him getting a DUI out front. Let's go. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Wah, wah, wah. That's it right there. Don't yeah. be a dick. That's but at any rate, yeah, voodoo, dude. It's it's surreal, and we're still going. Yeah. Six years later, I made an album. <laughs> you know, like dude, like it's pretty. We're working on a new one. Wow. So, so you, you are fully ingrained in the band. Oh yeah, hundred percent. What we do is what I do now. Like that's just got to be th- th- this kid growing up in Fullerton. Right? Yeah, dude. Like, it's fucking starts cool. his fucking band and gets sent up to tap. All you. Like, what the fuck, I'm, I'm in my second Epitaph band. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so true. Dude, is that crazy? It's nuts, dude. It's nuts. Like, whoa. Yeah, dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Any Epitaph bands out there, if you need a singer, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more than happy to sing. You know, I can sing different styles. Yes. Uh, you know. Let's go, dude. What do you need? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Ska, reggae, <laughs> punk, hardcore. What do you need? You ever do any hip hop? I'm I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Beastie Boys will hit you up next. I'm ready. Um, so <laughs> for you, right, when you when you made the transition to voodoo mm-hmm. and going on those tours, um did you think it was gonna continue? Like after that first tour, like were the guys like this is gonna stay or I, part of me didn't think it was. I honestly thought they were just going to fulfill that tour. They were stoked and everybody was having a great time. But personally, I was like, I don't know if this can keep going. You know, and I just, I guess myself, I didn't totally wrap my head around the band without Frank singing. Yeah. And uh, I didn't anticipate it continuing. I was like, oh, we're in Canada. You know, uh, uh, audiences in Canada, just in my experience with Death by Stereo, were always fucking so rad and open-minded and cool and i i, I was kind of thinking like can't be like this everywhere yeah you know what i mean yeah. it can't be this good everywhere yeah. you know and so i i i didn't i honestly didn't know and at the end i was like wow you know like yes fuck really we're gonna go again yeah okay let's go where are we going Damn. <laughs> you know and then when they asked you know with the album like what was that right because that's like you know it's like okay we're touring right but now we're gonna do an album yeah that's like a leg up 
Well, they had showed me these instrumentals they had and some stuff with vocals. They were working on another record and it got scrapped. Wow. And we scrapped almost the whole thing. Shame. And then there was a couple songs that they kept and or a few songs they kept. And then a couple of them just really changed. A couple of them we kept the same and uh, re-recorded them. And uh, But most of the album was just written from the ground up. And uh, we really tried to focus on a way of blending the two styles of Frank's vocals with my vocals. Yeah. You know, because he had a dis- really distinct style, and 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 uh, it was hard to sing like him. That guy is a big dude with giant lungs, yeah. and says like a hundred words in a second, like so fast. It's really hard, and he pushes this loud project, so it's definitely a challenge. And so I was trying to write a little bit like me, but mostly like him. Yes, and they they kind of have been really cool about kind of segueing it. You know what I mean? Like this next record, I think will be even more of me yes 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 yeah you know what i mean yeah that's cool though so it's cool and it's fun it was really fun singing in that style because dude they're they're all brothers so the two brothers comfortably could write in that style yeah you know what i mean so had they have those guys have a lot of great vocal ideas it's crazy you know when you tried out for voodoo mm-hmm. that had to be like you had to be fucking nervous as shit Dude, when I was a teenager, I worked in a screen printing shop. Yeah. And we printed the Voodoo Glow Skulls t-shirts. <laughs> and I remember being a fan of them. This is in the late 90s, being a fan of them. Yeah. Riding my bike to the shop to screen print t-shirts. Oh, we're doing the Voodoo Glow Skulls? Holy shit. I must have been 17 or 18, you know? Yeah. And uh, one day, my boss, Pat, who's the coolest dude ever, and uh, he uh, he's all, hey, because I had just gotten a car. I got this VW Bug. And he was like, hey, man. I've got like a couple boxes of merch. Like, do you want to drive these to the Voodoo Glow Skulls and drop them off? Like, probably knowing I'd be stoked too. And obviously, he didn't have to drive a fucking hour and a half yeah, to wherever yeah, the fuck yeah. they were at some show. And I drove to this show. And then I remember uh, Eddie probably doesn't remember this, you know, but like, I remember meeting him and him being so cool. Like, hey, I'm delivering your merch. And him reaching in the box and pulling a hat out and like, here, you want a hat? Wow. Do you want to come in? Fuck yeah, I do. You know, like, like, and no way. Yeah, yeah. So dude. I was a voodoo fan already, dude. Yeah. Trippy, huh? So it just comes full circle. Full fucking circle, dude. What do you think that is, man? Like, oh, the, the, know, dude. dude, like, what is that about the universe when these stories yeah. happen, right? Like, it, yeah. it just, it is fucking mind boggling. It's like, is there like a puppet like controlling it or is time it just, and, I think it's time and place. Like, it's the course of your life is determined by a lot of time and place things. Yes. So, okay. Dan, the guitar player of Atreyu, said this to me. Because, dude, when I was a young kid, I was always seeking out music, seeking out shows, finding places to see bands, parties, wherever I could be, because I was so into it. And I think the fact that I was just there for so many things early on that became something or became nothing, I was there, though. And Dan from Atreus said this to me. He goes, man, just hanging out dramatically, completely altered my life. He's like, I was just there. You know what I mean? You meet people and and then... 20 years later, Dan is Dan from fucking Atreyu. Like, we were just in the same place at the same time. You know what yeah. I mean? And 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 I think, dude, it's just hanging out and just being there. Because, like, all of the people that are in these bands, like, you'd see them at shows early on or local shows and things. And and they were doing the same thing we were. Yeah. Seeking it out. Like, yes. oh, there's a band playing. I heard they're punk. Okay, let's check it out. It's punk yeah. music. Or you look at a flyer. Oh, there's a punk band from San Francisco playing. I wonder what they sound like. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it, 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 dude, just 
I'm telling you, hanging out just changes your life, dude. Well, you look, know what I mean? look what happened with death, right? Just so, hanging out. Give me a shot. Just hanging out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to everybody out there that's young, man, like, dude, yeah, what, chase it, find it, seek it out. It's out there, you know? And, and everybody exactly. that's old too, man. Yes. Like, dude, there's so many people I know that are my age that are like, dude, there's maybe because I drive so much and I spend so much time on the road, certain distances, distances don't mean as much to me as they do to other people. But I'll, sometimes a certain show or a certain tour will come through. I'll drive that two hours and I'll go see it, you know? And then the coolest thing will happen that night. I'll be yep. telling my friend about it. He'll be like, dude, I can't believe you drove that far. And I go, dude, what'd you do in the six hours I was gone? You watched two movies on, the, on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like That's such a food. valid point. That's such a valid point, right? right? You killed a-, a whole night on that couch. In the same time, I went, saw this killer band, fucking ran into so-and-so, met this yes. cool thing. I couldn't believe it. Drove straight home. I was a little tired the next day, but, dude, it was so worth so it. So worth it. So yeah, worth it. But but fucking Pennywise was so good. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Dude, but that's such a valid point because it's like we spend so much time like binge watching and doing shit. Yep. And it's just like as you get older, you get so I'm stuck in too. your fucking ways. Of course, right? I'm so, very guilty. Yes. Not to, you know. But you're a human. I, I get that. But yeah. like as we get older, we get so stuck in our ways. And we have to realize that you, you sometimes just got to fucking put yourself out there. Yeah. Drive the distance. Go see that band. Go do that thing, yeah, right? Like dude. it's just it's awesome. I, I always say it's like life is a blink of an eye and life is about memories. You know, it's when gone. when when you are on your deathbed, you're not gonna be like, I wish I bought more things. No, you're gonna be like, Fuck I wish no. I spent more time with my friends, family, yeah. did more, had more adventures, fucking saw more 100%. things. Like all of these 100%. things. hundred percent. Like not having a a ton of regrets. Exactly. You know, I dude, I wanna see as much of the planet as I can before yeah. I can't. Until yeah. I physically can't anymore because I'm so lucky I'm in this position to, you know, yeah. I get to go to these places. And so a lot of places, as you know, it's just you're there for a night, but dude, you're there. Yes. It's fucking rad. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I hate to do this. Tyler, eBay, you grab it. Seven minutes ago, eBay, notification. That never happens, bro. We were just talking about that. I, we literally, that we just put it on do not disturb. It just yeah. like keeps on fucking. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I normally put it on do not disturb. My bad. Because we were talking about we were it's your fucking it. fault, bro. Yeah. It's your it. fault. It's it. your fucking fault, dude. That's hilarious. That never happens. Um, so yeah, it's just like life is about experiences, and you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like you, you don't want any regrets, right? Totally. So you made some good points, but it's like for the kid that's listening to this, yeah. right? Looking back at your own life, what advice would you give to your younger self or to the younger kid listening to this podcast? Fuck everybody and fuck people my age. You shouldn't care about what I think. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, like do your own thing. Blaze your own trail. Make music that sounds good to you, even if the whole fucking world hates it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, don't play music to be famous. Don't play music for money. Play music because you love it. Do your own thing. Because... All the people in this world that are remembered and that are the greats never fucking caved in, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Don't cave. Yeah. Just do what you love and stick to it. And just it, it doesn't matter if it's in an arena or in your basement. Yeah. Just fucking do it and love it. You know what I mean? And and whether you can go on tour, whether you can play a show, or you can just jam with your homies once in a while after work, just fucking do it and love it and just get it out. Express yeah. yourself. Do your thing. I feel like a lot of things have changed with time. Before the internet, you'd go to different places and like 
man, there's a lot of dudes with mullets in New Jersey. They, everything was different, and there was more individuality, I feel like. Oh, no, there's more individuality now. The world is vast, and I'm just not in tune with everything young people are doing. But I feel like you hear about bands, oh, we're a mix of this band and that band, or we're, we're this kind of sound, or we're this thing. Uh, punk rock back in the day, GBH didn't sound like the Circle Jerks, but they could play a show together. Yeah. You know, and so it was everyone was striving for their own sound. And you hear a lot of hip hop guys saying that, you know, like that came from the era of where it wasn't cool to buy it a style, man. It wasn't yeah. cool to sound like someone else. And uh, there's a lot of fucking young punk bands doing that that don't give a fuck. But it would just be great to see like a big return to that yeah. in um, in mass, yeah. you know, because uh, if you look at like social media, it's everybody competing to see who can lip sync the same stupid fucking thing better. It's yeah. everyone doing the same goddamn thing. We're all singing the same fucking song, yeah. you know? So, and there's a lot of people that don't give a fuck about that shit. And they're killing it that I don't know about, you know, yeah, they're out there, but that is the one thing I'd say is just do it for you. Do your own thing, blaze your own trail, make your own path. You know, you may not make a fucking dime in your life, but it doesn't matter. Cause like you said, when we're older, you'll be happy with all the memories. I'm not rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. dude, I get to go to Berlin in March and yes. play rock and roll music. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yes. So do your own fucking thing. Yeah. Cause way later in life, you know what I mean? I think it, that's, what's important is the mark you left and your stamp and your personal signature. What, what you did, what did you contribute to the greater pool of influences yeah. to the world? You know, absolutely. Hell yeah. You know, when you leave this planet, what would you like to be remembered for? Uh, I guess uh, for doing music the way we wanted to do it. You know, all the bands I'm in for doing it the way we wanted to do it, you know, and not caving in and staying true to our mission. You know what I mean? I like, that. yeah, being true to your mission. I absolutely yeah. love that. Where do you get that from? Is that something that you got from your family, your friends? A little bit from my family and a little bit from my friends from punk. Yeah. From music, from punk music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I started listening to punk music and hearing the messages and seeing, learning how people were making their own records and doing things like it was very inspiring to me. And it really inspired me to want to do things on my own and do things that way, you know? And we were very lucky along the way that we got embraced by these DIY giants, <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? But, uh, uh, I mean, now we're just doing shit on our own, man. Yeah. You know, we make our own merch, we record our own records. We're, you know what I mean? So we're still embracing that spirit. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> Do you like doing it that way now? Yeah. Right. I think it's cool. And the other way kind of almost doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. You know, and I think it's cool. Bands took the power back. Yes. Yes. I, I think the, the world is great. I think punk rock is awesome. There's no get off my lawn coming from me. Yeah. You know, yes. I think punk is all right. I mean, we saw the underground explode in LA yeah. like hardcore punk's going crazy right yeah. now and it's better than it's ever been. And, uh, there's so much happening that we don't know about. We shouldn't know about Yeah, that. It's, you know, like I've said, it, I go, some stuff's just not for us, man, but we can love it too. Absolutely. But let's just watch it blossom and keep going. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, it's like, we don't always have to like everything. No. Right? We don't have to like every sound. We don't have to, mm -hmm. But you can appreciate it. Fuck yeah, you can dude. appreciate 
hard work and badass fucking music, although it might not be your cup of tea, right? Totally. The creative process that took to make that song, to make that album, to put on that show. Fuck yeah. Like, come on, man. And how brave it is to go on a stage in front of people and do something that's fucking weird. Absolutely. That nobody likes. You know what I like, dude? A hundred percent. It just makes you think about the original punk scene and how they did that. They yes. kicked all the doors down for us. Yeah. We got to keep them open. Uh, that's a... That, Fuck yeah, Ooh. man! I mean, and that's and that's a, that's like a great point. It's like just to get up on stage and 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 sing your fucking heart out, good, bad, whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if this is true. Look this up. The number one fear in America is uh, public speaking, right? I don't know if that's true. It's just something that I fucking right. heard, right? But like, Makes sense. Public speaking, heights, and bugs. Oh, oh wow. Okay, I'm scared of heights. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't like and spiders oh. and corrupt government officials. I don't like the latter yeah, three yeah, at fuck, all. Fuck all of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, public speaking doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, so I, I'm, I like that. Here we That's go. good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the rest, fuck them. Um, that, that, that being said, it's just like it does. It takes a lot for, for an individual, a group, a band to be able to do that. And, you know, I think as, as we get older, you know, a lot of people want to like put down the genre of music uh, and it's just like, yeah. just like in the city, those long hair fucking hippies, right? And totally. Like created some of the greatest totally. music fucking ever, right? Yeah. And it's like this, it's like the same thing now, you know, it's like I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old and, you know, like some of my friends that, 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 that I know, they're like, you know, some of the rap that comes out mm-hmm. or whatever, they, they want to talk crap about it, but it's like, I don't know. I have like a different perspective on oh, 100%. it. 100%. You know, it's 100%. just, I, I, I can appreciate it. Um, although some of it not, might not be my cup of tea, some of it fucking is, right? And I also think having an open mind allows you to to hear new things and, and find new music that maybe you wouldn't have listened to because as you get older, you kind of get stuck in your ways. But if you have totally. an open mind and an open perspective, it's just like you can hear all of these new bands. And, and nothing's easy. No. Like if people are quick to be like, oh, fucking uh, DJ, he just fucking pushes some buttons. You know what? In my experience as a tour manager yes. and working on crews on productions, touring with DJs, I've had this argument with musicians. I know that guy's just fucking pushing a bunch of buttons. I go, that guy knows how to do everything you don't. Yep. And he is connecting with so many fucking people right now. It's real as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because he can do something you can't, you perceive to be easy. Yeah. Dude, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. Because there, there are DJs that just press a button, but there are also DJs that fucking do so much more than just There's press a singers fucking. That, that don't sing anything. Exactly. There's guitar players that barely play fucking anything on exactly. stage. Exactly. It's the same right? difference. Right, right, right. It's show it's, business. Dude, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. A hundred percent. Like, dude, I, I, the same way, like, every once in a while, they'll catch some DJ playing someone else's mix and their volume's down on their mixer, they catch it on video. There's some guitar players with their volumes down because they're too wasted to play and there's tracks running. Yep. <laughs> you know what I yep. mean? It, it, it yep. is what it is, yep. bro. You know? And then you got things on the complete far uh, far end of that, like Millie Vanilli back in the day. 100%, <laughs> which is now normal. It is very normal, and, dude. Uh, I remember I was at a bar like with some friends and then we go across the street to this like house music night and uh, I was watching the DJ. I like every... I like all music. Yeah. You know, and we're watching this DJ and this girl that was with us. She was like a rocker or whatever. She was like, it's fucking music's fucking lame. It's the same fucking song all night. And I was, I looked at her. I go, I know. 
kind of like ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> and she was not having that. Although I love ACDC. Yes. And I want the same fucking ACDC song all night. You Fuck yes. Right, of course. Give me that same Ramon song all night. Of course, but dude. It, so, I, you know what I mean? It, uh, I, whatever. You know, but uh, uh, yeah, dude, I, I forget where we were, we were even going with that. But it's, it's all valid, dude. It's all valid. It people can... Every some people have superpowers in certain directions, yeah, and they use them and connect with people. So hey, fuck it. Like I've also seen bands where you're like, dude, that guy can barely play those drums, and they're the biggest band in the world. It's so crazy, right? It's fucking awesome. It's like, aw- yeah. I, I love it when people hate or get mad. I'm all, no way. How rad is it that that guy fucking is just hanging in there? Fucking all right. We're huge. You yes, know? yes. For him, dude, he's playing his heart out. Yes. You know. So I like it all, dude. Ah, man, you, you support. Got to respect it, bro. So you, uh, before we got on the podcast, you were talking about the tour managing. How did that even come about? I've worked for different bands for years. In my experience playing in bands and stuff, I met people over the years and would do little side gigs here and there. Whether it was like handing out flyers for bands in the old days, or selling merch, or teching, and it just kept evolving with time. And uh, I've tour managed a lot of bands over the years and now I'm tour managing a lot in between all of our tours and keeping pretty busy. I've tour managed over the years, anyone from the adolescents to, uh, I right now, uh, one of my main gigs is I tour manage a guy from Sweden called young lean. We pull that up, pull him up. Uh, he's a, uh, he's dope. He, He makes trap music. He's from Sweden. Yeah. And I work for him in a group called the drain gang and, they're kind of like at the forefront of the whole SoundCloud thing. I love that. Young yeah. Lean makes Young trap Lean. music. There we go. There we go. Great dude. Ah, Swedish rapper. I'll read He's a little bit about dope, him. Oh, man. Let me see his Wikipedia. Really cool artist. So, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Right, yeah, you know that. Known professionally as. Uh, wait, known professionally as Young Lean is a Swedish rapper, singer, songwriter. Uh, widely cited as one of the most influential figures in the early. Uh, Cloud rap era. Young yep. Lean rose to prominence in 2013 with his song Ginseng Strip 2002, which went viral on YouTube. 26 fucking years old. Strip. How old was, dude? Tw- what? Yeah. 2013. He was, he was 16, a kid, dude. He bro. was a kid blowing up. He, um, a kid Leroy. I think for 20, 2022, Ginseng Strip was the most listened to song on TikTok. Jesus. Gnarly, dude. So we, we do crazy productions like uh it's wild like we were just in la and like the whole stage i mean it looks like a spooky forest on stage there's cobwebs and spooky trees and incredible lighting and you know giant mushrooms and spider webs he's in this little forest land and he's exploring through with a flashlight it looks so dope dude but uh we're doing coachella nice and uh we're if you're there be on the lookout for lean because we're gonna have an insane production Dude. that day. It's it's really exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to be a part of that and uh, watch everything from the beginning to the end. His uh, his ideas are so cool. You know, this is what I'm seeing in my head. Then finding a set designer that can visualize that yeah. and being able to communicate that to him and and it's it's a really cool process, man. Very creative. Different level than us banging it out yeah. in a small room, just playing over and over again, getting ready for that show like not only is he rehearsing nonstop, he's also designing a show yeah, like literally like visually oh yeah i mean we have to program the lights for each song differently like it's it's a show that's 
flows, it's timed, everything happens when it's supposed to. If tomorrow he says, I want to change the set, I'm feeling another song, we have to get in there early and program that. Wow. Yeah, and get wow. that change things. Wow. Like it's it's not like a rock band, you know? No. No. It's it's wild. We're rolling with the gnarly crew and just crazy production. But uh I do that with him and with a group from Sweden called the Drang Gang. The Drang well. Gang? Yeah. What what type of music is that? Same thing. Okay. Swedish uh cloud rap, trap. And do they tour together or Yeah, they're they're they tour together, they tour separately. They're all on songs together. They all collaborate. The Drang Gang is a crew of three Swedish rappers and a DJ. We pull that up, Tyler. And oh, uh, they are; these are pretty big shows. Like, what were they called? Four thousand people a the night. Dra- the Drain. Six thousand people. You know, Shit. big shows. Big shows. The Drain Gang, I, massive. I just did uh, last March. I did a North American run with them. Every show sold out. Dude. Entire North America. Let's check this. And out. we couldn't get venues big enough because it's hard to. Everybody was still making up COVID tours. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So in some places, dude, we were in tiny rooms where it was like, fuck, we need like triple the security. <laughs> you know, like it was crazy. Some like trap beetles, dude. Dude, look at them. Look at them. So uh, Drain Gang, formerly known as Gravity Boys, is an artistic collective focusing on music and fashion. Wow. Oh, yeah. Young Lean. Collaboration with label mate Young Lean. Yep. Wow. Dude, that's so, incredible, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's my world outside of our world, you know? And, yeah. and, I, and I, 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 I do a lot of one-off gigs doing production, maybe at a festival or, uh, you know, I'll get calls from different people like, Oh, I need you to tour manage this gig this weekend, whatever. What exactly does a tour manager do? I do everything from once the show gets booked, the agent connects me with the people at the venue. And, uh, for every venue in the country, I have to advance the production, all of our needs. I also have to like book all the travel, all the hotels, all the scheduling for every day. Where's the driver going to go? Once he pulls in, he's been driving this many hours. He can only drive this many hours legally. So the next driver, we're going to have to fly in a second driver. I mean, where's everybody going to stay? Wow. You know what I mean? Every logistic of leans somewhere at three 30 at three 45, he's got to do this other thing. I mean, it's basically running the business of the tour on the road. They have a manager at home and I'm the manager on the road that makes sure the production moves. I mean, down to like making sure checking in with our production manager. Hey, did we get the right connectors for these CO2 tanks to do these blasts? Oh, if the venue has the wrong ones, they'll fly off. You're basically thinking of everything down to like, okay, I have to settle out this show and get paid. So I have to look at all the taxes, all the deductions, all the different, I mean, everything. Holy shit. Do you use software to do all of this? Yeah. And, uh, uh, different apps, <laughs> apps, 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 apps. But, uh, you know, it's, you're basically re- the manager of a giant business yeah. that's moving every day and closing down and setting up. How did you even learn how to do that? Just learning from other people. I mean, I'm fortunate that in my years in Death by Stereo, we supported some giant bands. So yeah. I literally just learned watching everyone and asking questions, learning from people. You know, and figuring it out. A lot of gigs, I would take gigs and just lie. Uh, sure, I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. You but know, figure it out as you go, baby. Oh, dude. Yeah, fake it till you make it. A hundred percent. But uh, uh, yeah, dude. So you know, I call people for advice all the time too. That yeah. uh, people I know that work in production that work on gigs way bigger than me. You know, hey man, I need some advice. You know, and and so uh, you never stop learning. Yeah. You know, because you you're gonna come across a gig where you're like, oh shit, I've never done anything like this before. Yeah. Like I've never made a stage look like a 
communist era spooky forest <laughs> which how it was described this is what we want you know what i mean like and it was dope as fuck like they were right they had a vision and it translated and it looked the experience for the fans was so cool i think it's dope man i think it's dope and so do they use that like every stop we did that on this particular run they they did that everywhere in europe and they had a set designer there build all the pieces for them so they had like a 14 foot tree that broke down into a bunch of pieces and uh but then they came here and it's so expensive to fly that here we had to do that particular show and set in new york and la so uh the set designers we hired angel and beto shout out yeah uh, they uh they made it happen on both coasts using different people building pieces and going to prop houses all over the city trying to find the right things and the right pieces and they recreated what they did in europe on both coasts holy shit it was fucking insane so uh yeah it, but it was it it was dope and so wait, did you so manage good. the european leg of the tour too i'm the north american okay, tour north manager america. for okay. a company called year zero one it's a swedish management company okay and they have a roster of artists another group called nation that just supported young lean they manage a band called the viagra boys all right yeah who are dope yeah and my buddy john's out tour managing them uh but uh, yeah, so that's kind of been my main gig. But I've tour managed, I don't even know how many bands. I mean, from Ozo Motley wow. to like a handful of bands from Mexico, a band called Hello Seahorse, an indie band that's from Mexico. That's a great name. Oh, they're dope. That's a great name. Oh, yeah. Dude, we love them. They're so Yeah. Cool. You know, but uh, I, I, I've done a lot of interesting gigs. You know, you're very multifaceted. Well, no, right? No, that's trying to get by. You, you know, know what I mean? You got to learn how to do a lot of shit if you want to get by doing music, man. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like a lot, once again, it's like I, I keep on saying it's like people kind of get stuck in the ways, but to be able to branch out and, you know, try this and try that and try this, right? And sometimes you succeed, sometimes you fail, but you continue to push. And for you, like, what's what is next? You know what? I would like to work on much more complex production. Yeah. You know, I want to keep making music. I want to keep doing my thing and being an artist, but I would really like to get into some more complex stuff on a different level I've never experienced. Like, I just think it's so interesting and so fun to be a part of watching something form and become something incredible and great, greater than everyone there. You know? Yeah. It's fucking cool watching a mass of people just flip out dude it's i i love it i fucking love it dude it's 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 a really unique feeling to watch that happen and watch to watch someone realize their their dream yeah it's pretty cool and being able to assist them through that dream yeah any way i can you know whatever part of it i really am even if i'm just managing a business i'm not really creating it like i just love being around it, it feels so i love being around art man it just fucking feels good even at rehearsals you know yeah. like dude i love it just Oh man, I get to listen to one of the best fucking trap artists in the world. Yeah, do his thing and be yeah. there to support him, and 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 yeah. not be so egotistical that it's like, oh, it's not me, right? Totally. Like, fuck that, man. There's a, a DJ called Rusco, a bass DJ. Uh huh. And I'm fucking uh, so good, dude. Oh, dude, yeah, I love yeah, Rusco. I've seen him I, so many times. We uh, Rusco's a punker. Yeah, and we met a long time ago through a mutual friend. I was doing a merch gig. And he was on this tour. It was when he first started coming to the States and I met him. We're still friends. This is many, many years ago when he first came out to the States and uh, we became friends and I ended up being a merch guy for him. And then I ended up becoming his tour manager shit. and I ended up living with him for a while. Holy we shit. were just bros. But uh, 
I, I tormented Rusko through a lot of stuff. And dude, watching his process, how he wrote, I just feel so lucky, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, being a part of his journey was one of the, I think, best times of my life, dude. One of the greatest. He's just such a phenomenal writer and yeah. artist. And so I've been lucky, man. I've I've got to learn from a lot of great artists. That's another thing, too, is I've got to sit in on, like, sessions, you know, because I'm the tour manager. I'm just there, you know. What do you need, man? You know, and watching shit go down, just, holy shit, I can just absorb all of this. It's incredible. It's fucking dope, you know. Do, do you ever sit back and, like, kind of, like, contemplate your entire life as a whole and what you've been able to build and, and the journey that you've been able to go on. It's fucking weird, man. It's crazy, dude. I, right? I don't know how to wrap my head around it, but I just hope it doesn't stop. And I what? keep getting to be around creative people and art forever. Yeah. yeah. You, know? you definitely will, man. I mean, once again, I, I, and I don't care if I'm broke or yeah. what, dude, I just want to be an old man that's around music. Yeah. You know? Yes, <laughs> yes, care, yes, dude. yes, yes. Be happy. Absolutely. You know? That's what life's all about, man, is Absolutely. being happy, right? Absolutely, dude. It's like as long as you got enough money to, you know, feed yourself, yeah, put dude. clothes on, pay the bills, right? You're doing great. That's absolutely Most it. of the world can't. <laughs> you know? Dude, I actually just heard the statistic the other day mm-hmm. that if you make over $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. Oh, absolutely, dude. It's crazy. Like, can you Google that? I just want to make sure. I want to fact check that because oh yeah. it's fucking nuts, dude. Like most people, the average American makes below thirty thousand. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's a fucking tough world out there, man. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, right? And and, you and know, it ain't easy for musicians, especially everybody out there. I feel you. It's fucking hard. Yeah, it's so expensive to go on tour now, dude. Like, it's really hard, man. Yes. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's very expensive. It mm-hmm. is. It is. But, you know, being able to live a fulfilled life and getting to do what you want to do, Dope. right? That's like, it, it's such a beautiful thing. What'd you find, Tyler? It's only really giving me a good answer for America, which is 500 grand. 500 grand? No. no. Yeah, the world. The, the world. Yeah, no. Yeah, top 1% in the world. So how to make the top 1% list. To be in the top 1%, you must be uh, have an annual wage of at least $823,000. Yeah, but that's, right. that's America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's America. That's for sure not. I know. I'm yeah. kind of searching for another answer. I'll uh, let you know. Yeah. Fucking for sure. But I know. I, Shit's yeah, tough yeah, all yeah, over, for man. Sure. People for got sure. it bad right now. Absolutely. Dude. Absolutely. Dude, right? Dude, but yeah. it's still the greatest time that has ever been ever to ever live, mm-hmm. right? For and music most is of in the, world. the hands of the people. It is. Uh, there's a guy on Instagram called how does he say his name? Like DJ boss boss. Okay. He's this dude, uh, this African dude who fucking made this weird homemade, like DJ setup that does all these, has all these weird electronic devices. He just made, and he put himself on Instagram and I don't know how I came across him and I followed him and I'm like, this guy made his own weird DJ machine in a place where there are no DJs or DJ machines. And now he's got, you know, Whatever he has, like fifty thousand followers, and yeah. people are tuning into him, and like he's gonna be a fucking legit DJ. Soon, yes, you know, yes. I mean, like, dude, like, the power is definitely in your fucking hands. Absolutely, man. absolutely, it's, we can do it now. And and you're right, this is one of the greatest eras ever, ever, man. People that could never no, have opportunities. Absolutely, to, so. I mean, the power of social media is just insane. Even with all its flaws, man, it's it gives so much opportunity Bonkers. to so many fucking people that would never have the opportunity in so many different aspects totally. of life. I'm bad at it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. But I, mean, I get it. It's yeah. the shit, man. It is. It is. It's got its flaws, man. Don't get me fucking wrong. Yeah. But it, just like anything in life, there's pros and cons. It is what it is. Right? Now, huh? Definitely, man. You know, as as we start to wrap this up, bro, um, you know, you, you've been with Def, Voodoo, Tour Manager. Manic Spanic. Manic Spanic, yeah. right? What else, if you could do anything else in the world, what would it be? I wish I was a ripping skater. I skated for years and I was just never good at it, but I love skating so much, man. Like I fucking love skating. I think it's so dope. And it was something I always wished that I was just fucking like a shredder. I nerd out on skaters, dude. I love skating, dude. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) such a beautiful art. In another life, I'd be the shredding a skater ever. Well, you could do that on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, exactly. On 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 video games, right? You snowboard at all? Uh, I have, I'm not good at it. You know, yeah. I love it though. And I was just talking about how I wanted to go. Yes. I want to go again. I, I think I love snowboarding. It's so much fun, man. It's so much fun. And, and, and just skateboarding in general, dude, it is a blast. And it's, it's just seeing years. some of the people, some of the things that they do. It's just so fucking Can't wrap my cool, head around man. it, dude. It's so cool. It's fucking fun. The beginning, I'd say the first six months of the pandemic, I was skating a fuck ton. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of, you know. Yeah, man, you fall now, you're gonna fucking hurt yourself, right? It's like, God damn it, that's fucking life, man. Fuck it all, man. Brother, thank you so much thank you, for dude. coming on the podcast. This was awesome, dude. dude. I had so much fun. Uh, dude. This was a chill hangout. Uh, that's what it is, bro. Yeah. I, like literally, that's just fucking bullshit and having a good time right. talking, getting to know a little about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before I have one more question, right? Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? Yeah. I absolutely believe in aliens. I don't want to be a weird guy and be like, dude, one time I saw this weird thing. <laughs> That's not weird, dude. But one time I story. did see this weird thing. Did you know you what really? I mean? Yeah. I, I'll Come tell on. About it. I'll tell you about it after. All right. Uh, all right. All right. I, I, you know, I we, get it. I there's get a couple it. of us there. We both said people say we're crazy. We no, that. dude. Come but on, I'll tell you after. I'll That's fine. But I, I, we can't be the only ones out here. Come on. Come on, dude. That's like some big human ego shit. We're not the only ones here. I don't think we are. Mm-hmm. I don't think we a are. Dogs definitely came from outer space. They're so amazing <laughs> and perfect. They couldn't have come from this planet. Yeah. Most dogs. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some fuckhead dogs out there. Sure, <laughs> I love Jesus it. Jesus Christ. I love it. So, brother, where, uh, where can people find your stuff? Um, my uh, Instagram is F by Stereo, E F by Stereo. Yes. Death by Stereo Band, Grupo Manic Hispanic, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Those are all the handles. Everything's on there. Uh, we got shows coming up at the end of February for Death by Stereo in SoCal. Death by Stereo goes to Europe in March and April, oh, Europe, yeah. UK. Uh, Voodoo's got a ton of shows coming. We're going to announce, actually, I can't say what it is yet, but Voodoo's going to announce a huge fucking summer tour. Dude. Huge. You guys Crazy. Can, you guys playing SoCal? It's going to be a North American, yeah. So we'll, we'll be in SoCal. Fuck but yeah. we have a free Voodoo, I don't know when this is going to come out, but this yeah. might be weird. We have a free Voodoo Glow Skulls show with Fishbone. February 11th in Long Beach on Pine Avenue. They're closing the street. Fuck and, off. Yeah, Catalyst Weed Shop is presenting it. So right on Pine Avenue, they're just closing it off. Us and Fishbone are playing free. Come out, guys. Fuck, oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. Come nah, hang. Nah, we got, um, uh, what's his face from NoFX coming up? We got to go to Long oh, Beach. The 11th. Yeah, the 11th. Ah, oh, dang. Well, I know. Next Wait, where is it? Uh, just on Pine Avenue in Long Beach downtown. Oh, dude, we're going to be in Long, Long Beach. Beach. Wait, that's where, where you're doing it? That? Yeah. Oh, dude, we're, we're at Smelly's house? Or yeah, something? yeah, oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Bring him with you. Dude. It's us and Fishbone, dude, for free in the street. Holy shit. Okay, I'll, I'll hit him you up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell him. Yes, yes. Tell him I said I please will. come. I will. Tell I will. him I said to please come. I've seen him since 
Canada a little while back. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. That's so crazy. Let's go. Let's go. All right, all right. We'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. You're gonna be like sure. live on the scene, guys. Yes. <laughs> Just rocking out the good music. That's what we were doing. Fuck yeah. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I thank appreciate you. you. Thank you to everyone out there. Absolutely. Appreciate the support. Yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Have a good night, people. Ciao. Bop, bop, bop. Boom! Fuck you, brother! Nah, come on, turn it in front of the fucking Thank you, dude. That was fucking so fun. Oh, I appreciate it. Let's that go! Thank you.